Psalm 21, for the chief musician, a Psalm of David. The king rejoices in your strength, Yahweh. How greatly he rejoices in your salvation. You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. Selah. For you meet him with the blessings of goodness. You set a crown of fine gold on his head. He asked life of you and you gave it to him, even length of days forever and ever. His glory is great in your salvation and you lay honour and majesty on him. For you make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with joy in your presence. For the king trusts in Yahweh. Through the loving kindness of the Most High, he shall not be moved. Your hand will find out all your enemies. Your right hand will find out those who hate you. You will make them as a fiery furnace in the time of your anger. Yahweh will swallow them up in his wrath. The fire shall devour them. You will destroy their descendants from the earth, their posterity from among the children of men. For they intend evil against you. They plotted evil against you which cannot succeed. For you will make them turn back when you aim draw bows at their face. Be exalted, Yahweh, in your strength. So we will sing and praise your power. Well, this psalm is paired up with the previous psalm. We, psalm 20, which we did yesterday, was a psalm for when you're going out to battle. <laughs> and, you know, in it there were, David said things like, Lord, hear my prayer, help me in the day of battle, things like that. Now in Psalm 21, it, they're, they're a pair. This one is a psalm for when you're coming out of battle and the Lord has helped you. You've had a victory over your enemy. And it starts out by saying, The king rejoices in your strength, Yahweh. How greatly he rejoices in your salvation. You have given him his heart's desire. In other words, yesterday we were praying you'd help us in our day of battle. And look, you've helped us. Thank God. Now, um, if you're you know, my age or younger, you probably don't have a super great appreciation for battle, for you know what it's like to live in a battle zone. I've never lived in a battle zone. I lived in Papua New Guinea for five years, and every now and then there'd be a little something crazy would happen, like there'd be a riot out the front of our house or something like that. But you know they, they weren't super bad, and it definitely wasn't war. <laughs> it was just little tribal things that would happen. But if you were older than you know my generation, we, you know there are people that have remember World War II, older people now, but people who remember Vietnam, people who remember wars, people who've been in wars. And um, so they know what a terrible and a grisly thing those situations can be like. Right now, there's a war going on in the Ukraine and Russia, and we can hardly believe it that such a thing is happening. And um, But yet, even though we... we you know, we're consciously aware there's a war going on and it seems inconceivable to us. It's not a part of our reality to be in the war. We don't know what it's actually like to be in one. The horror, the fear, the feelings that go along with it. Now imagine being in that type of a situation where you've got that level of fear. Bombs are raining down around you. You know, you're in, say, for example, the city of uh, Mariupol, which was just recently conquered by the Russians. And you're in one of those apartments and your apartments are being blown up by missiles every day. You don't know whether it'll be your apartment or another one. So you, you're afraid. And what are you doing at night? You're probably praying. <laughs> I know there's a very high percentage of Christians in Ukraine and I bet there's a 
that more and more people have gone to prayer because people tend to go to the Lord in times of difficulty. So they're praying, Lord, help us. Well, at some point this war is going to be over and, and people will be saying things like what we find in this psalm. Thank you, Lord. You've given us your goodness. You vanquish the enemy. They'll be saying all these types of things. And even though it's, it's not a perfect example, when people go through dark, dark difficulties, the strangest thing is they tend to appreciate normal life so much more. But when we live in normal life all the time without those difficulties, we don't tend to have the great level of appreciation that there should be. So this psalm, it talks about the king a lot. It says here in verse 1, The king rejoices in your strength, Yahweh. How greatly he rejoices in your salvation. You have given him his heart's desire. So this song is all about the king. And it's actually, it's actually Jesus Christ who's the king. This is a messianic psalm. Now, if you think I'm just making this up, this is what Jewish people think. Now, Jewish people don't think that Jesus is the Messiah. You know, there are Messianic Jews, there are people who've been Jewish, and then they've recognised, oh, Jesus is the Messiah, so they've become Christians, but they're kind of like Christian Jews. We call them Messianic Jews. But there are plenty of Jews who believe in a Messiah, that there'll be a Messiah one day. They think this psalm's talking about him. <laughs> uh, they don't know it's talking about Jesus, who's the Messiah. And it says here, look at this, he says in verse 4, He asked life of you, and you gave it to him, length of days forever. <laughs> Jesus went to the cross to feed his enemies, and then he said, Lord, give me my life. And he was given his resurrection life forever. Verse 4. Verse 5. His glory is great in your salvation, and you lay honour and majesty on him. Book of Revelation says about Jesus, all honour, all glory, all majesty. It's his. <laughs> Verse 6. It says, you make him the most blessed forever. And that's Christ, an eternal blessing, the most blessed. You make him glad with joy in your presence, verse 6. And it says in, in uh, the Gospels, for, for you know the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Verse 7, it says the king trusts in Yahweh. So that's saying that Jesus, the Messiah, trusts in God. And um, of course, and Jesus is now seated at the right hand, never to be unseated again. Verse 8, your hand will find out all your enemies. Your right hand will find out those who hate you. True. And now every enemy is under Jesus' feet. So this psalm was a kind of a psalm for when you return from battle and you're grateful to the Lord. But in the big picture, it's a picture about Christ's <laughs> the return from his battle where he defeated Satan completely. What a marvelous thing. I wrote here, given that all of Christ's enemies are destroyed, we should put ourselves in him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your victory over all the schemes of the evil one. And I thank you that in our own lives, we do go through little battles. But Lord, I thank you, you've defeated the big battle. And so we place ourselves in you, in that victorious seat. We thank you, Lord, for your love and grace. And may we find that we are more than overcomers through him who loves us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.